What's going on, everybody? Episode 2, Two Chats of Gingers, Saturday. It is March the 11th. Uh, 2023. 2023. What's going on, bud? How you been? I don't know. It's been a crazy week in sports, man. I Got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover. Lots to cover. Little time, I guess. You know, we... The more I think, I think the I think the larger we get on, on a broader of an audience, and we might have to start making more than than one episode a week. But for yeah. right now, I think uh, we'll just keep it here at every every week. Um, you want to touch on the uh, the winding down of the hockey season here, and and the uh, the playoffs are coming up. Same thing with the NBA. Yeah, you know, both uh, both seem to correlate. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron James is still a baby. He uh, <laughs> he might make the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the NHL season we're winding down. I mean, we're getting ready to start the playoffs here. Um, you know, I feel like over the years, just the NHL. I remember ten years ago, the NHL was just on fire. Right, they were everywhere. And it just seems like they've kind of faded into the background a little bit as of lately, right? Like it, it just doesn't seem to have the same flair to it. You know what I mean? I think, I think they need they they needed to consolidate as many. And I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm an NHL fan. You know, when the expansion was 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 talking, you know, the last time they were talking about either another team in Canada or a team in Oklahoma City or a team in New Orleans, they were talking about putting a hockey team in Mexico City. Yeah, I just, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and you've seen well, other, you've seen people, other sports. Let's, let's be realistic. Who, how many people are playing hockey in Mexico City? Yeah, it's well, you know, they got some good ice down there, you know. <laughs> good quality ice with that quality. Corona water. Quality, you yeah. Know, you drink the water, but we got ice. <laughs> you can't drink it, but man, you sure can skate on it. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I don't. You've seen that in other sports, right? I think NASCAR. You know, the the little amount of knowledge I have about NASCAR. They go. They've been down there for a handful of years doing one race, and it's like, we, like, you know, these uh, whatever. I guess, you know. But well, you know, it's it's not like they're bringing the NHL to Buenos Aires anytime soon. You right. Know, I, yeah. I just feel like they've they got a little crazy. You know, it's no different than you know, uh, you know, not to segue in the NFL too soon here, but like the recent talks of the NFL wants to bring, you know. Uh, the league back to Europe, you know, uh, which I find <laughs> ridiculous, but you know, I, to each his own. Cause it's, it's all about, and the bottom line is it's all about making money, right? It's all about commerce, you yeah. know? So the, the, the NHL is finding that they don't have enough commerce. So they were like, Oh, well, you know, bringing the Raiders to Vegas. Well, golden Knights, you know what I mean? Like teams, teams in Seattle. I mean, where they play hockey. They play hockey in North Dakota, but nobody lives in North Dakota, so they're not putting a team there. You, you know, know they they finally got a they finally got an NHL team in Seattle. You know, um, which is great for that area, I guess. But you know, there's certain like how do you not have one in Wisconsin? 
you know. Right. Well, and that's that's the whole thing is, is how do you ha- not have one in in northern Michigan? You only have the Red Wings. I mean, yeah. but you know, you, you know what's what they're doing up there. Well, how do you not have North one Lake? in in Maine? How do you not have one in Connecticut? You know, and in right. and all of these, you know, because it's so huge up there. You know, and that's that's the thing is that it's relying on one team, and you know, just like with Boston, you got you got the you got the Bruins, and they're like the, they're Patriots fans, and then you know, and, and Red Sox, and they account for you know probably seventy five percent of that revenue up there for hockey. Is yeah. that you know what I mean? Like the rest is is like you know the main Bears, and uh, what you got? You got Vermont Christian University up there. I mean, yeah. you know, I, you know. I don't know. I guess the, the the last thing I'm going to say on NHL before we move on here is I just I think that they need to find a new avenue to generate that excitement like they did back ten years ago. You know, it's just they're falling down by the wayside, and they just they got to do something. So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's not it's not exciting like it, it used to be. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, but on other yeah. notes, so we got. Uh, I, uh, March same Madness thing. getting ready to kick off here. What, what's that? March Madness is getting ready to kick off here too. That that's going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, March Madness. I some of the teams, you know, uh, we 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 and I were talking briefly about this on on the phone uh, a couple of days ago. But you look at some of the teams and how many different conferences there are. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. And I like you have. Uh, like UC Irvine, mm-hmm. you have UC Santa Barbara, all in the same same division, same conference, whatever you want to call it, and they're all all well. Cal State Fullerton, I mean, they're all doing well out there, you know. Uh, and then you got teams on the other side, like was, you know, talking about VCU. You know, you got Colgate, Coppin State, not doing well this year. Coppin State's like eleven and twenty nine, having a horrible season, but they always seem to pull out tournament bid. You know, you got, you got teams that just, they're, they're, they're playing horrible. And then all of a sudden, great, great tournament bid. Tournament bid. They win their conference. Like, like I, I, I feel like Arkansas is going to, going to get in, you know, they're, they're talking Alabama, Texas. You don't have your traditionals this year. You know, you don't, you're not seeing a Duke powerhouse. You're not seeing a UNC. You are seeing a UNC, uh, at, what is it? Ashmore. You know, yeah, they're, they're they're doing well, or Asheville, I think it is. I think it's and, Asheville. Well, I think that is the big draw for March Madness, right? That that's because it's not just your 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 big time schools like it is in football or in college hockey or college baseball, right? It's it's college basketball, which means you you have Division one schools that are just Division ones and everything. Your Michigans, your Ohio States, but then you have you have those those small like Seton Hall, or you have like your your Colgates or your Compton State University. I think that's part of the draw because it. But everybody likes rooting for an underdog, right? You know, oh, absolutely. But the one thing I've noticed, it just just looking into it this year, right, is there is no clear cut number one favorite in this tournament because. No. All of these teams are so close in record and in talent-wise, especially this year, that, you know, there's not a lot of separation between each team, you know. So when you're filling out, for those of you out there that are going to fill out brackets, it's like, okay, 
how do you go? Like, I, I was looking at this the other night. I said, you cannot come up with and pick it, to pick who's going to, to be an upset. You just can't do it because that because of everybody being so closely matched this year. It's it's amazing. And and well, some of these you're people gonna, you're gonna get you know, that's the thing is like I said, you're gonna get your bids, you know, your Houston, your UCLA, your Kansas, yep. your Bama, Purdue, Marquette, Texas, Arizona, Zaga, Baylor, Yukon, Kansas State. You got Virginia, Xavier, St. Mary's, California this year is 26 and 7. And they're yeah. 16 and 2 in their division. I mean, teams that people are like well, who's that? You know what I mean? Like Duke's sixteen and zero at home, but they're four and six in their last ten games. You know, and you're like, oh, like we were talking about Creighton. Creighton, Creighton is like thirteen and two at home this year. You know, I mean, and then you, all the conferences they have, like, wow, well, okay, like, okay, yeah, you talk about uh, conference. Who has heard of the Western Athletic Conference? You got Utah Valley, who's thirteen and one at home. That's the same division that houses Sam Houston, Southern Utah, and Seattle. You know, I think I think uh, Eastern Washington, if I'm correct, Eastern Washington is going to get a bid this year in the uh, I, I just whatever division that, they're in. I just want to say this before it goes any further: Duke basketball fans are the equivalent of the Ohio State football fans. <laughs> Every year is a Duke a Duke DePaul's right up there too. Yeah. You know, it's like shut up. Jeez. I think the biggest I think the biggest shocker for me this year, in all honesty, is in the Southland Conference, Texas A and M Corpus Christi. They're twenty three and ten, they're thirteen and two at home, and they're fourteen and four in their conference, and they're beating out teams that are like the likes of like New Orleans or Nickel right. State, you know, Nickel State is usually have a tournament bid every year. Yep. You know, I, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. And I'm not, I'm not a, I am not a Mel Kiper when it comes to NCAA. You know, uh, sixty four. You know, I, I might, I might have a, a bracketology that makes it to the to the top four maybe elite eight every year, but I'm no, I'm no Mel Kuyper when it comes to this as using that as a segue into our college football. Do you know, uh, in saying that the Mel Kuyper outside of his credentials of whatever, most of the reason that he promotes the guys he promotes is because he's friends with all of their agents. Yep. Not even cause they're good. No. You listen to this guy spit the shit that he spits out, and it's because he's trying to promote them to get their draft stock up so they can get a better place in the draft. You know, at one time he said that Ryan Leaf had a better demeanor than Peyton Manning, and he was more versed for the NFL. Ryan Leaf went to prison at one point in his his life, dude. I t- after I his you. career, I'm just I'm just saying, I don't know who. Dawn this guy as the guy who they should go by, but I I guarantee you there's there's about sixty five percent of the NFL execs are like, what is this guy talking about? I I'll tell you what, that's a big statement to make that he is on the level of Peyton Manning or surpassed the level of Peyton as far as personality and person. Peyton Manning is probably one of the most genuine and likable people in the history of professional sports. 
Well, I was going through, I was just going over draft stuff, you know, like looking back on stuff over the last 20 years. And, and I've watched, I think I've watched every draft since, since 98. And I remember he was not high on Trent Dilfer. You know, he thought that he thought the Falcons wasted that that sixth round pick on Brett Favre or seventh round pick, whatever it was. But Favre, you know, yeah. you know uh, he thought he thought he thought, and and I'm a Notre Dame fan. He thought Notre yes, Dame. Yes, we know you don't you don't need to keep telling us that we Brady. We, he thought Brady Quinn was going to go to the NFL and do something special. And I said, listen, man, if he would have been put on a team that wasn't the Browns. And was outfitted, like if the Lions, even if the Lions would have drafted him that year, you know he might have did better. I remember when he was talking about Hasselbeck, and he was like, "Well, Hasselbeck's nothing special. He isn't going to do anything great." Won a Super Bowl for him, yeah. You know, I remember when he was he was super high on a lot, like oh, Brian Bosworth. Oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Let's see how that worked out. Yeah. Well. uh... We'll circle back to football. Like I said, that's we got a lot to cover in football. There's a lot of happenings going on right now in the NFL. So, uh, but uh, you know, with with spring upon, well, it's pretty much here. It's spring training. The World Baseball Classic is kicking off right here. You know, that that's yeah. that's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, you got a lot of guys that are playing for their countries. You know, like uh, Otani is going to be playing for Japan. You know, I it, it was funny because I. <laughs> I was going over the, I was just looking at the, some of the rosters for some of the countries that were in here and they had made mention that the Czechoslovakia team does not have one MLB player on the team. There's it's like, they're made up of just painters and, and, you know, like firefighters and everything. Like it's, the candlestick makers and, and, and the bakers. All right, man. <laughs> we can't swing a bat, but I'll make you a mean loaf of bread. You know, it's I, and you know what, and, and it's that way sometimes. You know, I mean that, that's how it was. That's how it was fifty or sixty years ago for the young kids that don't know. I mean, these guys had real jobs. Yeah, out, outside of uh, just playing ball. You know, a lot of well, people don't know. You know what? And it wasn't even all that long ago. Like, I remember back in the 80s, you know, Mike Singletary in, was, even when he was playing for the Bears, when they went, he had a second job as a lawyer. <sighs> yeah. You know, yeah. because back then, like, people don't understand. Back in the day, these, these athletes did not go around making millions of dollars. Like, they were lucky to make $75,000, $100,000 a year, you know. Um, so it, it, that, the, the dynamic has changed through the players agreements and union contracts and, and disputes and, and, and all that other stuff. But, and it, but you know what, it, you look at some of these teams in the world, uh, in the world baseball classic and, uh, they, they, Mark DeRosa is the, uh, the manager for team USA and they, they had, they were talking to him and a lot of these teams, it, it, not just for Team USA, they're having, you know, roster dilemmas because they're getting elite field players, position players without an issue. They're pro- like, when you look at Team USA, their pitching roster, they're missing some of the best talent, you know, 
Right. Uh, like you got Adam Wainwright is is your is your ace and your number one starter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's still a good pitcher, but he's he's you could have done a lot better. And you know, I I understand what they're saying, and I understand. You know, it's pitchers. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think? Do you think? Do you think Team Puerto Rico should be included as a because it is a Commonwealth of the United States in the United States, or is it acceptable that it is its own sovereign team? You know what? That's a good question. I mean, I, if if we're just looking at the the geographics of it, then yes, they need to be their their own separate team. Without going, you know, not not wanting to go into politics or anything like that, right? Yes, they're oh. governed by us. Yes, they have representatives and government. But, you know, I, I think that the United States as a whole already has an advantage over most of the countries. Now, it's not as dominant as it is and, and prevalent as it is in other sports because, you know, the Latin American countries are just so talented at baseball. But I think if you throw Puerto Rico into Team USA, that kind of gives them a little bit of an edge. Because look at you, you'd be getting people like Javier Baez, you know. Now, like that would put them in. But with with regards to the pitchers, here's the problem: is and you can't fault the pitchers for this, right? Pitchers are finicky creatures. They. They have their routine to get ready for a and it's a long season. It's 162 games, right? But they use spring training for getting getting their arm in shape and getting themselves in shape. And I and I'll be honest with you, if I was a manager of a team or an owner of a team, I'm I'm not gonna let one of my star pitchers go and play go and play in the World Baseball Classic and then you take a chance on, you know, losing him for the season depending on what or ending his career depending on an injury. That's why I've always had a problem with pro athletes um, playing in the Olympics. You know. Well, now how many? So what is there? Is there what is there? Twenty five teams? How many teams are in the World Baseball Classic? Uh, it, it's, it's somewhere in the long line. I think probably twenty four teams, maybe. So I think it's twenty. Well, so, well, let's just say it's twenty teams. And twenty teams, and are, what are they doing? Are they going to do a? They're going to do like a round robin. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a round robin. I mean, I would assume there's going to be some sort of pool play involved. Um, and then, you know, go from there with seating and everything like that. But I don't know if it's double elimination. I don't know if it's single elimination. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I got to, I've, I've tried researching on where we could watch it. And I just, I haven't been able to come up. With any answers yet, I'm I'm sure it's probably going to be on on Major League, uh, you know, MLB Network or something like that. Maybe some some ESPN HBO channel. I, I think it's, it's going to be on ESPN, probably ESPN too. I think it's interesting that uh, Indigo Diaz and uh, RJ Ferreira are playing for Canada. Uh, same thing with uh, Ben Chico. It yeah. sounds like they've been hired to play for the Canadians. Well, it, well, the, you got to remember something too, right? So you get a lot of this too in, in in the Olympics. So there's, I think there was, I can't remember. I think it was those two. It might have been something else where you're an MLB player who's not selected to Team USA for the World Baseball Classic. 
but you are of, say, Canadian descent or whatever, and through your nationality, you're kind of granted clemency onto the team should you choose. Right. I mean, I mean, let's face it. There's not going to be a team that's oh, you play, but you're an American citizen, but you have relatives, your ancestry from Canada. Oh yeah, come, like they're not going to tell you no. You know, so it's it's um it's 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 going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to watching some games. I think it's hilarious that Cabrera is uh is playing for Venezuela and he's only listed as a DH. <laughs> Well, it's like you look at you look at Team USA's coaching staff, right? So you've got Mark DeRose as the manager, and then uh, your hitting coach is Ken Griffey Jr. It's like, oh, it's he, the same thing in Canada. They got Ernie, they got Ernie Witt, and they got Larry Walker. Yeah, I, I can remember when Larry Walker was playing for the Rockies. I mean, I just I don't understand what they were thinking. Like, hmm. We gonna have our head coach Derosa or Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> hmm. You know what? We'll go with Derosa. Griffey, I guess he's good enough to to warrant the hitting coach spot. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, man. They, I think they. It's one of those things, like you're saying, like they just you know make it up as they go. You know, yet I don't know. I looking looking at it it's just it, it's it, it blows my mind but it looks like a lot of them are being hired like contract uh contract players in some cases i i could be wrong i could be wrong don't you know what i mean i i don't know how how that works the world baseball classic that's it's been uh very controversial to me yeah yeah so it it'll be it'll be interesting you know it's 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 going to it'll give it, it's going to give some it's going to build some excitement for the upcoming season in my opinion because i mean honestly you know, spring training it's it it's entertaining but only to a certain point right because yeah it, it it's a it's a ramp up to the season and, and summer coming around but you know you look at a game i think i think that baseball in a sense since and then, in my opinion, since the Cubs have won the World Series in 2016, and now for the last seven years, baseball has lost its its luster. Like it's it is lackluster as well as as hockey, in my opinion. Oh yeah, you know, and I think that's why they're gearing towards they want to ramp up football. Like football seems to be, uh, and I say this uh, football americana, you know, not the football de hogar soccer. Uh, they like. Football, you know, that seems to be that uh, American football is what everybody is being geared towards right now. You know, if you notice that, like, what what happened in the in the late nineties, the late turn of the turn of the century, you know, we're that old, is they ramped up baseball, right? And then they started with the home runs, and you had McGuire, and you had Sosa, and you had all these other guys, and you had, you know, and then they want to call it the the PED era and all the other stuff, but these guys. They made baseball, and it was fun. Like, you know, how is it not fun watching home runs being hit? You know, they want dingers. You know, uh, I, personally, lately, I baseball has been less fun. I'm going to tell you something right now. You're not ever going to be able to convince me that the MLB did not know that those guys were on steroids. They knew full well what was going on, but they were putting butts in the seats. They were getting 
you know, the ratings on TV were way up and they were making money hand over fist during that whole Sammy Sosa. No damn well they knew what was going on. Oh, yeah. You know. You know, I mean, hell, McGuire's, McGuire's brother got drafted by the Seahawks in a higher position because I thought he was going to be great like his, his brother. <laughs> yep. And, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, everything, everything happens – Everything happens for a reason, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not any different. And it seems like the sports are, are ever changing, oh, ever yeah. changing. You know, there there there's shit now that I, I didn't even know existed. You know, like like pickle like pickleball. I, I, I if if you honestly think that the MLB did not know what was going on during that era, I just got one thing to say to you. Okay. All right, you're an idiot. Okay, it's. I don't, it's, it. <laughs> we still need to find a smoke detector beep. I'll tell you what right now. I, I'm telling you. I'm going to find well, it. Moving, moving on. Cause we got, a, we got a lot to cover this week and we got, we don't know where, you know, we're gonna yeah, we did. NFL alone is going to take the rest of the, uh, you know, and I go with my my catchphrase here: "Go Battlehawks!" Uh, sad day. Uh, ben Seedwick, who was a personal trainer for the Battlehawks of uh, St. Louis, he passed away uh, late Thursday evening. Um, and it seems like teams Battlehawks Battlehawks are playing on Sunday this week. I think uh, I think the XFL. Is, is really bringing it forward. They're talking about uh, for the NFL now, instead of expanding a draft um, for the NFL, they're talking about all the uh, kids that don't get picked up in free agency or don't get wavered or, or that are restricted at the end of college that don't get drafted on draft day. They want to just push them down into the XFL now. See, I, I think – What's what's going to happen here over the course of several years, right? Because let, let's think about this. You have the NFL. The NFL season ends, and the XFL begins. And the XFL has a short season. But then right after that, you have the USFL, okay? What you're going to wind up witnessing is year-round football, and they are going to use – they already are using the XFL as, as a quote-unquote minor league developmental league. Eventually, the USFL is going to join in, and they're going to come on board. And what it's going to be is you're going to get your, your XFL that starts right after the NFL, and you're going to see that's going to be basically your double-A and then when that season's over, you're going to see the USFL, which is going to be your AAA, and that's going to go right up until the end, right up until the start of the NFL. Triple I think I think the XFL is going is going to be the AAA, and the USFL is going to be the AA. That personally speaking, you got more players that used to be players right now in the XFL, and then the XFL is paying more money than the USFL. You know, uh, half the reason that the USFL failed originally was because they wanted Steve Young so bad. Uh, you know, when when he got uh, drafted by Tampa Bay, 
that they wanted him so bad that the USFL's uh, president offered him a ridiculous contract back then. Like, like I, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but it was something ridiculous, like 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 twenty four million dollars or something like that. Like like more than than the league even had or something. Like, and it was probably less than that. It was probably like four or five million. But he offered Steve Young a, a, a boatload of money, and you had guys. At the time, they were in the USFL. They were proven, you know, like your like your Warren Moon, you right. know, for example. And you know, and a lot of people don't know that there were guys that played in the USFL beforehand. Well, and the reason they played in the USFL, money, you know. And the, the other thing is, is you also have people forget that we have a Canadian Football League. You know, we do have that, you know, above us. And I'm not saying it's any lesser or greater or anything of a league, but they they pay a good amount of money too. You know, the Canadian Football League plays a, a decent amount of money. Uh, so there's just a lot of options, and you're right. It is – that's why I was trying to say earlier is that football has become a year-round sport, you know. Okay, okay. well, let me ask you this. With with the XFL, the USFL, maybe one day they'll, they'll uh, rope the, the CFL into this. Do you see – and, and we'll get talking about this here in a minute. Do you see the draft becoming basically what it's become in other sports, where you're going to be drafted, but you're not going up to the show right away. You're not even going to be a backup right away. So, say the Bears draft whoever. Well, and then and, there's got to be there's got to be stipulations. Like I'm, and I'm hung up on this this year. Yes. We're drafting you, but you're not going to Chicago right away. You're going to, uh, you're going to St. Louis Go Battlehawks, as you would say, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and uh, in, in our, in, in, which is our farm system no, to develop. Now, if there's a farm system and, and you can get drafted in that way, then there needs to, then it all has to be, in my opinion, it has to be supplemental. And then it has to be, there has to be, there has to be regulations. Like, is the kid out of high school? How old is the kid? You know what I mean? Because there's kid, and, and that's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, that's what's going to happen is, is it's not going to just be like right now, you're supposed to be two years removed from high school, right? And what the, the, the actual rule says is two years removed from playing high school football. It doesn't actually say two years removed from high school. It says two years removed from playing high school football. So, technically speaking, Caleb Williams of the USC Trojans, he did not play his senior year in high school, technically speaking. Um, he, at, at, at Georgetown High School, he played his junior year it wasn't COVID uh, regulations during that, his senior year. And then he played his his freshman year, you know, uh, Oklahoma. And then transfer Porter goes to USC. So technically speaking, he should be in the draft this year. But but I don't I it, I don't think it's that you're just you need to be two years removed. It's you have to you have to play at least two years of college football. And he has two years of college football, that, okay. and that's yeah, my that's my, that's my argument. You just have to play at least two seasons of college football, right? But they're saying that you got to be two years removed from high school football. So technically, he has three years. Now, I, I it blow. It, or, I'm sorry, it has to be two years removed from high school, and you have to have three years removed 
from high school football is what it what it says. So in essence, everybody has to have at least their junior season complete in college football. And what I'm saying is, and in his as a technicality, which should be appealed towards the NFL, is that he has played his two seasons. Right. You know, you know uh, who was that? I can't remember. What was that kid's name? Um, he played for Wisconsin. It was a running back, and he had the same issue, and, and he end up, ended up blowing his – NFL prospects because of that same situation. Um, I don't think it was Ron Dane. It was somebody else. But point being is, is there's a lot of kids out there and there's guys that didn't even play in, in college that ended up coming up and going to the NFL. You know, some of the best stuff they had was high school, but I'm not saying that like you develop a lot of at the end of high school to becoming a man and doing what you're going to do. And you learn a little bit more about the coaching and stuff like that. If you're going to have the developmental leagues, then the developmental leagues need to be geared towards what each player's abilities are. So if you're going to have like, like a, like a single a or a double a or a triple a as you would be to coming up to uh, the NFL, then you need it's 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 no different than college, and that's what the NCAA see. The NCAA will fight that because the NCAA is saying that they are that next league. That's why they started paying these kids. And you know they what? Had I agreements. Here's my thing. I I, I find it laughable <laughs> that they're going to sit there and say that they are the the the, the step before the NFL. When if you're going to make that claim. You better be. You better have a receiver have two feet in, in bounds to be considered a catch. I, I, and that's that's why I said if you, that's why you're getting becoming a developmental league. Then as a developmental league, you have to have stipulations. So you have I, to say I, this I, or that. Let, let me give you just like, and we'll move on here after this because we got a lot of free agency and 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 draft stuff to talk about, and only twenty five short minutes to do it. So. There, there's a the disconnect between the different stages, right? So, I I have both of my boys play high school football, and they okay. both play middle school football. Now, it is some of the rules that they have in place to me are very. I I, I do not agree with them. So let's say on a kickoff or a punt, and and the the receive in the, the receiver muffs the kick or the or the punt, right? And the other team recovers it. They're not allowed to return it for a touchdown, which is bullshit. Which is it's absolute garbage. Okay, you, you, high school is the, the the step below college. Let them return it. You're, you're not doing these kids any favor, and I think that's why you see such a drop off of star high school players going to college or elite college players going to the pros because you're not doing these kids any favors by, you know, by. Well, it's just like now if we're going, we're going as far back as, you know, back in the day, they didn't, it used to be years ago that if you were over a certain weight and a certain size, let's say you couldn't carry the ball. Now I'm seeing these kids in Pop Warner and Pee Wee they're playing, and you got you got you know Johnny what's his face who's six foot two, yeah, twelve year old, two hundred and fifty pounds, and he's the running back. 
And yeah. he's just, and then you got these other 12 year olds that are like five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. They can't tackle him. Yeah. It, you know, which, so, yeah, that's a, so it, like, if you're going to let that go, if you're going to let that go at a lower level, you know, and it used to be, it used to be all you did was run the ball. Now you got, you got 10, 11, fuck, I've even seen seven year old kids, eight year old kids in peewees, you know, first, second graders, and they're throwing the ball. Yeah. They can, they can bury tighter shoes the right way. Right. And they're throwing passes. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it amazes there's me. No, there's no, there's no consistency. That's what, that is what that's I'm getting at. There's no consistency. There's no, there's no training for the next level. You know, each level you go through needs to be, uh, there needs to be an added element to it in order to better prepare these kids. So, like I said, in high school, uh, it could like we just, just mentioned a few minutes ago, if there is a muffed punt, muffed kick, and the other team recovers it, you should be allowed to return it. And then when you get up to college, you need two feet in bounds for it to be considered a catch. Absolutely. You know, know. and that's why you see a lot of, like I said, these high school players that go to college, these college players that go to the pros, the success does not compute and translate because they just can't get Part of the reason is the NCAA has to be exciting and they have to make money. It's all about money. The bottom line is money. Yeah. What 12 programs are we going to include, whether it's male or female, that's going to make the most money, get the most scholarships, and create more money? Yeah. Yep. So, but, yeah, it's, you know, that it, it is what it is on that. But, uh, you know, just like, like okay, so, like, you know, what, what, uh, what college, you know, has the most athletes in the draft top 25? Jeez. And and you could just sit there and go, okay, well, uh, maybe it's Alabama. Well, you'd be wrong. If you don't know, you could probably guess within three guesses. Well, who do you think it is? It, it's I would say, well, if it's not Alabama, it's either Ohio State would be a guess. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I am a Michigan fan, but I don't think it's Michigan. So, no. um, um. Tennessee, perhaps Georgia, you know. In the top twenty-five, it's so it, it is Ohio State and Georgia, and yeah. you know, and Ohio State has C.J. Stroud, which they're really pushing, and I just I, I don't see it. That's, oh, that's I, Judge, I'll, I'll we'll we'll discuss that in a minute. You know, I, Paris Paris Johnson Jr. I see that as an offensive tackle. Do you feel you like know, uh, and Jackson Smith Nigma? Do you feel like somebody, the talent of Marvin Harrison Jr. and the season that he has is shooting himself in the foot by staying in college? No. No, because, well, uh, there's, there's, there's instances where guys should have stayed and there's instances where guys should have left. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Like Jay, Jason White of Oklahoma, think, he should have came out. Should have came out. I, his I have my year, own stayed a senior year. Stroud, which we'll discuss here in a, in a minute. You but know, uh, given the like, season that he's had, like Michael Myers, CJ having the quarterback he had. for his senior season. If I was him, I don't know if I would be comfortable 
hanging around for another year because I don't know when I'm going to get in that quarterback. And let's face it, as a receiver, your success and your value in the NFL draft is based on who's throwing you the ball. You know, it, yeah. you've got to have somebody who can put it where it needs to be. You know, you, and yes, you have to be a physical enough receiver to go up and make the catch, but it has to be in the ballpark of catchable to a certain extent. You know, and a lot of people get lost in the crowd. You know, with the with the draft coming up, you got guy, you got guys. Uh, you know, like uh, with Tank Bigsby from Auburn, yeah. probably a great, great running back. You know, reminds me a lot of uh, Cadillac Williams. Uh, he he should be in there somewhere, but he's gonna get he's gonna get lost. He's gonna get lost in the, in the draft behind your Robinson and the Gibbs and the you know Charbonnet, yeah. you know, and the, and the Spears. You know, he's gonna get he's gonna get lost. You know, just like you have you have a lot of great wide receivers in the draft. You know, yep. and and you're gonna have you know Jalen Hyatt and Zay Flowers, that uh, that kid from Purdue, Charlie Jones. You know, uh, Charlie Jones. I said this last week during our during the podcast. They're gonna get lost. They're Just gonna like, get lost, and I and I'm telling you, I don't understand how somebody like Charlie Jones can get lost in this draft. If you're going by numbers, compare his numbers to Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. And he was lockstep with him all year. Yeah, Marvin Mims is another one from Oklahoma, or Dante Demas. You know, from Maryland, they're gonna get lost here. You know, like I said, and the other ones are like Cedric Tillman. You know, from from uh, Tennessee, and they're like, you know, you're gonna get hung up on your your hooker um, at quarterback. And there's guys at quarterbacks that are, that are gonna get lost here in the draft. You know, like a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, what about this guy or what about that guy? Did you forget about who threw to him? Yeah. You know what I mean, and that's and that's kind of where I'm at. You know, you know, with the with this draft. I mean, what? It's there's so many, and it's there's. Let's put it this way: the draft is 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 so mediocre this year, and 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 this is my opinion completely that there's there are very few players that if I had to rank them on Madden ratings that were above eighty. Okay, not a single one of them are, are better than an eighty-three, and one of the high one of the highest guys you know that I'm high on is you know there's a few tight ends and the fullback uh, that fullback from um, was it North Dakota State I think it is I think he's from North Dakota State he's, I he's I don't fullback. care who you're high on I'm 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 only high on Jesus. They're <laughs> <laughs> <Lupke. laughs> <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know what the funny thing is, is you have, like you were saying, you, we got a mediocre draft class, right? At best. Uh, you have, you have talents, but the marquee players that are in the draft are only fitting a select few teams needs. Right. And right. here's the interesting thing. Free agency starts a full month before the draft does. Right. It's going to be interesting to see. So you may see, you may see a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young fall. Both of them potentially fall in the draft when you look at okay, the Commander. Or no, I'm sorry, not the Commander. The New Orleans Saints. They got their Derek Carr. 
Your Jets, my dear. Right there. Let's talk about that. They released Andy Dalton, who had similar numbers to Derek Carr last year, to sign Derek Carr for the same thing. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. Dude, you're, you're not honestly comparing Andy Dalton to Derek Carr. I'm not. I'm saying statistically speaking, by the numbers last year, we're close to the same. Yeah, but see, that, that's what I'm saying. Well, and, and it's just, okay. And just you're, like, you're, just you're like talent, the talent that is available in free agency this year that starts a whole month before the draft, you may see a lot of big name players falling by the wayside and falling well, through okay. And Miami's Miami is picking up Tua's fifth year option. Okay, which you I know, and, and nobody was like, no, oh, I don't think Tua's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. He's too small. He does this. Well, he does that. Well, let's look at like I like I mentioned, right? Your CJ Stroud and your Bryce Harper, right? Or Bryce Harper, your Bryce Young. Uh, like I said, you got Derek Carr that went to the Saints. You got as of right now potential. <laughs> you, you've got potentially Aaron Rodgers favored to go to the Jets as of right now. Sauce recruit him and OBJ. OBJ's yeah. got to work out there. I'm gonna tell you right now. Say what you want. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, OBJ signing with the Jets. I'll tell you what, who who else will go sign with the Jets, too? Because they got rid of Braxton Berrios. They released Braxton Berrios last night when they found out that that Theon became available when the Vikings released him. So could you you imagine that lineup? You have Aaron Rodgers. You have have OBJ and Theon on the same team. That could happen. That could happen. I'm the, I'll tell you right now, the Jets were a quarterback away last year from making a decent playoff run. And I and I'm not mad about it. I wouldn't be mad about it. Like it, it would be like but the only thing is 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 history tends to repeat itself. I do remember this one time that another Green Bay quarterback left and went to the oh, Jets. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> what about Pet Favre? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. and with that, with that, you got okay. You got Floyd. You know, got cut by the Rams this week. You know, uh, Vegas is pursuing is pursuing Jimmy G right now. That's a big one. Um, also, big news in Chirac. You know, they uh, they traded their number one pick on the same day that they re-signed Pat Scales, the long snapper. That I thought the long be- snapper news was bigger news than them oh. trading the first pick because, in my opinion. I think the Bears should have got more. I uh, yeah, I'm happy they got DJ Moore. They, they got first round picks, and they got two second round picks. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Okay, so the Bears trade the number one pick to the Panthers for DJ Moore, right? Right. They go down to the ninth overall pick for this year's draft. They get their second round pick in this year's draft, their first round pick in next year's draft. So they have two first round picks in next year's draft and two second round picks in 2020. They raped the Jets on this. I don't know, man. I feel like they should have got a compensatory pick. As well, like another third rounder or maybe a fifth rounder, but that's my opinion. I'm not, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. Like when the Raiders, when the Raiders traded 
Mac to the Bears. The Bear, all those draft picks that they got from the Bears, they turned into a full-on team. I yeah. mean, got they get they got they got rugs out of it. They got they, they got Jacobs out of it. I mean, they got they got uh they got Crosby out of it. Like they they really they turned a full team. Well, okay, this is this is what I'm going to say about DJ Moore. Okay. If the Bears, here's the thing, and this uh, before you go on, move on to the DJ Moore thing. I hear, and here's what I think about DJ Moore. People who are seem to forget DJ Moore will be a great number one. Here's the thing: Chase Claypool played the number three receiver to uh, Equana St. Brown's number two receiver when they were at Notre Dame, and they got Mooney as a speedster running fly routes, and then you got Cole Quebec at tight end. If you could really use that and run the offense the way the offense is supposed to be ran in, in like a, a running gun, like back in the day when Warren Moon had that kind of offense with, uh, with Curtis, you could do it with Duncan. I mean, he had all those guys. Now, if you could do that and keep fields in the pocket and okay, bam, he's hitting to the outside when he doesn't have somebody open, which shouldn't happen with all those receivers. Well, okay. And I'm glad you said that. So this is what I'm going to say about this whole thing. Number one, Mooney is not going to be an outside receiver anymore with the addition of DJ, DJ Moore. He's going to move to the slot. That's what they're going to do to him, which is fine. I agree with that because he doesn't have the size to be physical on the outside the way DJ Moore and Chase Claypool has. Okay. That's number one. Number two, you have DJ Moore, Claypool, Darnell Mooney, arguably making them, especially with Minnesota releasing Thieman or Thieman, whatever, Thieman, whatever. Um, um, arguably making them the best receiving core in the NFC North. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know. And I don't even think it's all that arguable. You have Cole Komet, a solid tight end, maybe the best hands on the team, and the one-two punch of David Montgomery and um, – oh, God, well, I'm, I'm drawing a bright fart right now. Anyways, um, I don't want to see you draft hey – Yeah, Khalil Herbert. Um, I don't want to see you draft – if you're drafting anybody on the offensive side of the ball or you are getting anybody in free agency on the off- offensive side of the ball, it better be nothing but offensive linemen. Well, I'll tell you what. If they don't, if the Chiefs don't franchise tag uh, Brown, which they're not going to, because they didn't. The Bears picked him up this week. You didn't hear that? I, I saw that they were pursuing him. Yeah. I saw that they're going to pursue him. I saw they were pursuing him. I thought I saw somewhere. Now, don't quote me on this. This is my, my understanding is is that they've already snatched him up. Well, and, and here's the thing, and we're gonna we we need to touch on this because this is something that I believe is going on after we talk about. Um, you know, there's three different types of tags in uh, in in football. And when you have a franchise tag, you have a franchise tag. You have an exclusive, a non-exclusive. You know, uh, and then you have a um, a a non-exclusive with um, with trade rights or compensatory rights. And the thing is, is you have guys like right now, Lamar Jackson, who in my opinion, is being blackballed by the NFL because of whatever he's got going on. Now, granted, at the same time, he's only played 40% 
of his last 22 games. So a guy that's only played 10 out of his last 22 games, I don't know what you think you're going to make money-wise, okay? But I know that Lamar Jackson is better than $32 million, you know, as far as the non-exclusive franchise tag that they gave him. Which, which bottom line means is, is we're waiting to see what somebody else is going to offer to you, and then we may match it, we may not, uh, maybe see you later. And there's no team out there that thinks that he's worth $32 million? You just gave Daniel Jones $45 million. I, Are you fucking kidding I, me, guys? I do not understand. If I'm Lamar Jackson, that is an absolute slap in the face. Slap in the face? They picked up a large trout and they slapped him in the face and said, hello, here's the stink, brother. <laughs> I mean, can you, Daniel Jones, a subpar, mediocre quarterback, I don't care if they made the playoffs or not, he's a subpar, mediocre quarterback that made his nut in the NFL and somebody like Lamar Jackson is is getting franchise tagged. By the way, like, are you serious? And a non-exclusive franchise tag. Yeah. I'm like, what? what, what? Better offers, but we can match it. It's like, you know. And I, I, you know, and here's the thing, and and this and the thing about him is, is you know, they made fun of him for years. You know, his first couple of years, all your 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 running backs, a quarterback. Well, you know what? Running quarterbacks aren't going to last in the NFL very long. It, it's been proven that they don't. You know, and I'm not saying that he's not going to last long, but he has been getting hurt. Is he worth more than the 32 million? Yes, but he also has to play like he's worth more than the yeah. 32 million. Yeah. And and that would mean he has to, you know, not get hurt. And the only way to not get hurt is to save your quarterback. You know, we've we seen it with, uh, what was his name, RG3. Yep. You know, I mean, he was he was a great quarterback. Well, you, you see, there's, uh, I mean, get a list going, right? You RG3, Vince Young, Dante Culpepper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Randall Cunningham had to quit running at some point. Yeah. And that's what I say for the Bears, right? You have, like I said, you've got DJ Moore, you've got Claypool, you've got Mooney. Probably the best receiving core in the NFC North. And in the top six or seven, maybe top five in the NFC, just in my opinion. You have the one-two punch of Herbert and Montgomery, both serviceable running backs, Okay. You uh, yeah, I mean, I you, you know, know, smart and free agency. This is what you do: you get, you get an above-average lineman, offensive lineman, or a one of the top-tier linemen, offensive linemen that are available in free agency. Well, they should go after Draymond Jones, Orlando Brown, and right. I think on on the back side of the ball for defense, they need to pursue Tremaine Edmonds. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's my opinion. You put those three guys on the team because now you have you have two offensive tackles. You got somebody to block for your future your future star. So you got you know he's got time back there, and then you got somebody on defense that you know is going to pull the defense together like a Khalil Mack. If there you go. If you do it Pick right. Up, if you do if, it right. If you do it right between 
free agency. The, like I said, now you got DJ Moore, uh, which there are some things in his stats from last year that worry me, but you have your DJ Moore. So you have – he now has receiver weapons. He has the tight end. He has the running back. Get him an offensive line. Focus on the defense. If you do it right between the draft and free agency, the improvement of this team next season – and you have to start with your core. You have to start with your linebackers and your linemen. Yeah. And even though it's a heavy pass NFL, at least have those guys get pressure on them. Your defensive backs aren't horrible. I mean, they're they're not bad. I think you know, they're, they're, they're not the best, but I they're better than what they showed last year. Because let's face it, you get rid of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Yeah, your performance as a secondary is going to go down because you have nobody. Right, and that's what I was saying. Could you imagine if they got, let's say, and I'm pretty high on this kid is the uh, Nolan Smith kid. If they picked up Nolan Smith in the draft and they got Tremaine Edmonds in free agency, and there you go, all of a sudden your interior – core is taken care of. You know what I mean? Like like the Chiefs. The Chiefs knew they were getting rid of Frank Clark. They got Carl Liftus last year in the draft. He proved himself. They have they had Willie Gay the year year before. You know, uh you have to draft guys that are gonna be willing to step up. And I'm sorry, but you know you can't teach physical athletes. You can't teach no. athleticism. I, I you can't teach that, that shit. I think it will be be best served to go with the one-for-one approach, right? So for every offensive lineman, veteran offensive lineman that you pick up in free agency, you draft one. For every defensive lineman that you pick up in free agency, you draft one. For every linebacker that you pick up, you draft one. So I absolutely agree, you know, and uh, there's even hell. There's even talks now of, you know, uh, guys like Stanford getting traded. Well, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no limit right now. That's what I'm saying, right? With free agency and all that stuff opening up so much ahead of the draft. I listen to part, some of these players that were expected to go in the first round or in the first half, dropping in the second round or the late half. And you're you know, going to see. You're going to see either in the next two weeks or day of the draft. You're going to see a Derrick Henry trade. You're going to see a blockbuster trade. And they need to get rid of Tannenhill, too. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. They need to start fresh. I'm going to tell you right now. It, it's the me and you talk last week, and we talk all the time, right, about, you know, we're, we're sick and tired of Ohio State. And, and uh, uh, <laughs> today, Junior. Yeah, I had to sneeze. I had to mute my mic. But, um, it, I, I saw an interview that CJ Stroud did earlier this week, and I couldn't help but laugh. And, and it's like, he goes, well, I feel like I've been the best player in college football for the last two years. I'm like, you haven't even been the best player on your team. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, you've been a great quarterback, but you, you haven't even been the maybe like you're a close second, but well, like that right, that right there, that right there should tip NFL execs off that 
he is not humble. That he oh. that, that he, I mean, I'm sorry. Okay, let's, if, let's, you're that, let's that 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 stuck on yourself that you really think that, then there's something wrong. You haven't been the best player on your team. You haven't even been the best player in the Big Ten. You want to measure your success for any Michigan player, for any Ohio State player, you measure your success based off of the Michigan Ohio State team. And for the last two years, you got your ass whipped. That's why I can't believe everybody's like, oh, oh, oh. And I, and I will, you know, clo- closing out here, I will always say that other than Mike Tomzak riding the bench, <laughs> there has never been an Ohio State quarterback to start in the Super Bowl. Right. And I think there's the best opportunity as of now depending on what the Bears do in the draft and how the seasons and, and how the years move forward. But, you know, but yeah, it, it was a lot to unpack this week. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wind it up here and we'll, we'll come back next week. And it, it was fun, man. We're, we're going to, I think we're going to have more, more to talk about here in, in, the, in, the, in, in the coming weeks here. So it should be interesting. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, and the more that we get viewers and the more that we get people to understand what we're doing here, uh, we will more than likely start bulking up, uh, maybe even video. Maybe you get to see my fat red beard. Yeah, you right. know, uh, the show today is sponsored by Dunright construction and done right gutters and more uh they're out of st john indiana you can check them out on facebook um appreciate everyone and thank you for listening don't don't forget to click that follow and subscribe button there you go